Hi, ladies and gentlemen. This is Dennis Ragland. That's Frank Nair. You know what I mean? This is outside the square circle. We're back again. We we missed a few weeks, but luckily for us, not a whole lot has happened in boxing, so we can get away with it. <laughs> but we're gonna all we're gonna do is we're gonna pick up where we left off. So we just so you guys wanna know why we're talking about an old fight. We left off on the predictions of Thurman versus Manny. So we're gonna dive into it and talk about um the aftermath of Manny versus Thurman. And then from there, we're going to pick up and go to some more current events. We'll start it off. All right, Frank, um, what did you think about the fight? Well, firstly, from an entertainment standpoint, that fight was incredible. Um, I think that's something that me and you predicted as well. I haven't I haven't listened to that episode. I've been bogged down with a lot of other things, work and personal life. Usually, I like to, I like to listen uh, shortly after we release episodes. But I think everyone knew it was going to be pretty action-packed. Um, and I don't remember what your prediction was, but my prediction actually almost came through. I, I thought Manny would start off really, really fast and then begin to fade just because he's the older fighter and the younger, more athletic Thurman would really take over in the second half of the fight. And that's basically what happened. And I mean, two punches really won this fight. If you really break it down, the knockdown in the first round swings that round to a 10, eight round. In which I thought it was around that Thurman was winning until that point. Like the knockdown lost him that round. And then if you if you remember back round 10 when Thurman gets hit with that mean body shot, he gets hurt and he loses that round again. Another round in which I had him up on my card until he got hurt, like visibly hurt, where he takes out his mouthpiece and runs across the ring to get away. Something that I've never seen before, first of all. Um, but no, I mean, all in all, very, very entertaining fight. Um, you know, Manny just showed that even though he's lost a step with his power, he's lost a step with his speed and even, you know, hand speed and foot speed, I should say, he's just a wily veteran, man. And I always think back to what Floyd Mayweather said. And I don't think like people then thought he was just playing Manny up because the perception at the time was that Floyd had such an easy fight with Manny Pacquiao, which I don't think it was easy at all. If you, if you know what you're watching, but he said like, and now I know why Manny got here. Like, he set so many traps. He knows what he's doing. Like, he sets up his shots so well. And that's exactly what he did against Keith Thurman. Like, that shot in the first round, Keith never saw it coming. And it was something that me and you had touched on. We were so worried that that uh, Keith pulls back with his hands down. He pulls straight back. And you, in particular, had said it's going to be Manny's right hook that catches him if a big punch catches him because that's the punch he throws in those scenarios. And that's exactly what he hit him with. Um, all in all, man, it was a great fight. It was an entertaining fight. I had it six rounds to six, uh, with the knockdown being the difference on my card. So it was 114-113 for Manny. Um, before I throw it back to you, I will say this, because I know we'll touch on this here in a little bit, but I think this is the fight that Manny should retire on. I think I think this is the one that, you know, it, it, it allows him to really go off at, at a time where um, it almost encapsulates his career. When people think that, you know, Manny's done, he just gives you one last great showing and then he just kind of rides off into the sunset. I, I think fighting any, you know, I think fighting on further, it won't be good for his legacy, not only as a boxer, but you take into account all those big shots that he took in the second half of that fight. I mean, he was getting caught with virtually every right hand that Thurman threw from round, I mean, five on, you know what I mean? And, and. It, just, it, it can't be good for him to keep fighting on. Uh, all in all, great fight, though. What did you think? 
I thought it was a terrific showing of a 40-year-old guy. Listen, that's just great. To be 40 years old and he beat, that's like, okay, look. I'll ask myself, is Thurman in his prime? I will have to say he's in his prime. Mm -hmm. Yes, he may be a bit rusty, but he's in his prime. I felt that maybe he should have took a fight or two before he he jumped right to Manny, but he's a prime fighter, big puncher, and you know what? He made me wrong. Because like I said, every every fighter that the Thurman fought, if he didn't drop a guy, he damn sure hurt him. Mm-hmm. He didn't do. That. He didn't seem to do that to Manny. Manny was Manny's speed, in and out speed, was able to negate Keith Thurman's power because that's what I thought was going to be the X factor. Keith Thurman's power. He was able to negate that with his speed. And 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 and, and you know what? Manny brought something that Thurman hadn't seen before. Mm-hmm. I don't know if if Thurman sparred with some fast guys, but it seemed like his speed was kept was keep making him uneasy. And we didn't get a chance to see Keith Thurman dominate like he usually dominates. Now, it made me wonder a couple things. Is Keith Thurman damaged goods? After 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 having the injuries from fighting um Danny Garcia with the elbow surgery and taking all the time off, it made me wonder, is he damaged goods? Because I was expecting a, a, a even though I had to fight closer than than, than most people. I still felt that Thurman didn't do what I thought he could do, and he just didn't look as sharp as he normally looked. For for Manny Pacquiao, I would really love if he would be able to fight um, Crawford. I think he needs. I don't think he needs to fight Spence. I think Spence is too big, too strong, too young, too hungry. But I was listening to a Crawford interview, and Crawford said he don't think that fight can get made because. He he won. He said he won that fight when both was with Bob, and the fight couldn't get made when both was with Bob. So now that he's not with Bob, and Manny doesn't seem to be doing business with Bob. He doesn't think that fight's gonna get made. So with that being said, since since I can't get the fight that I want, if there's only one fight that's only worth fighting for, and that's if Floyd Mayweather is worth is, is interested, right, in coming back and fighting the second fight, which I don't think he is. If if he can get that fight. You take that fight. If not, of course. like you said, you ride off into the sunset. But Keith Thurman, Keith Thurman, um, I don't, I, I want to see him work his way back, and maybe he can take a port, a second porter fight, because that fight was fireworks. But I want to know, is he damaged goods? And another fight's gonna tell me whether Manny Speed was just too much or whether he's damaged. Because that's that's what I want to see. That's I mean, I I think Spence is gonna be Porter, mm-hmm. and then you then what happens is you got two guys that had a loss. You get Porter just had a loss. Thurman just had a loss. They can fight each other. That's what I would realistically like to see from Thurman. I agree. That that was what I was thinking. I I think next for Keith, I would like to see either a rematch with Porter or a rematch with Danny Garcia. Um, but to answer your question, I don't think he's damaged goods. What I saw in that first half of the fight was a combination, in my mind, of a couple of things. One was that rust that you mentioned. There was something that me and you talked about in the prediction show was that we would have both loved to seen him take another fight before Manny just because he had those couple of really bad rounds against Josecito Lopez. And that's no knock against Josecito, but 
Keith is a step or two ahead of him. So you, you didn't like to see how bad he looked in a couple of those rounds. Um, and then two, coupled with that rust, was just Manny's speed. You know what I mean? It, it took him a while to really get adjusted because, you know, for as much sparring as you can get and as much preparation as you can get and as much tape as you can watch, it's not real until you're actually in the ring. You know what I mean? So ha- him having to adjust to that speed on the fly, whereas a guy who isn't as good as Keith Thurman wouldn't be adjusting at all, shows me that Keith has a lot left. Because, I mean, you're talking those first four rounds, he was getting battered. He was getting hit with right hooks, straight left hands, left to the body, jabs downstairs. I mean, he was getting hit with everything. And then you saw the tide really start to turn in round five. And he wasn't in there just to survive. Once he adjusted, he was in there to dominate. And he started to really dominate in those mid to late rounds. So to me, I think that plays more into the he needed one more fight just to get his legs back in him, just to get, you know, the 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 uh, the cobwebs out of his brains. You know what I'm saying? That being said, that can't be used as an excuse because he signed the fight. We knew what it was going into the fight. You know what I'm saying? Like, and the thing that I do love about Keith Thurman that he's not using that as any sort of excuse. He's just, and the clips that I've seen him talking with the PBC crew, he's just breaking down what happened at the fight. Um, so for me, the way I look at it, for Manny. There's two options. Well, three if you count retirement. One is a rematch with Floyd Mayweather. I mean, you can't say no to that. That's going to be another $100 million plus payday. Um, Two is a rematch with Keith Thurman. I wouldn't mind that fight. He showed that he has what it takes to beat him. Granted, I I would favor Keith, I think, fairly heavily in a rematch. Um, And then three would be retirement. Um, I kind of touched on with Keith Thurman. You know, a rematch with Manny, I think, would really benefit him. I think he can avenge that loss and then kind of pick that right... Uh, our pick right back up where he was before that, um, or a rematch with Danny Garcia or Sean Porter after Sean, I, well, I, let's assume that he's going to lose to Spence with Spence being the pretty heavy favorite a, after he would lose that fight. Um, do we have anything else to say about Manny uh, and Keith Thurman? Uh, yeah, last thing. Would you want to see a rematch? Because Thurman, Thurman was pushing really hard for a rematch. He was talking about he would go to the Philippines if he had to to go get the rematch with Manny Pacquiao. Do we, will you be interested in seeing an immediate rematch of that? I, I would be. I would be. And and the reason why I would be is that when you look at the other guys at the top of the division, Keith Thurman, while he has good punching power, the one thing about him is that he does telecast his punches. He doesn't set them up the greatest. He loads up just a little bit. Um, Manny's speed made him not load up as much and, and push a few shots, you know, um, in that second half of the fight. But for as many shots as Manny took in that first fight, what it showed me is that I don't think Keith can get him out of there. When I look at Crawford, when I look at Spence, if they touch him the way that Thurman touches him, I think they knock him out. And there's nothing that shows me that those guys couldn't touch him the way Keith did. So those fights scare me for Manny. He's 40 years old. You, you would hate to see him get laid out again or take so much damage that 10, 15 years from now that he's slurring his way. And who's to say that's not going to be the case anyway, right? But to take any sort of precaution, that would be the one fight outside of the Mayweather fight because you have to take that fight if you're man. I mean, if Floyd calls me, I'm going to get in shape and fight him. You know what I mean? Anyone that Floyd calls, you got you got you to answer the call. Um, but no, I, that would be the only fight, the only fighter inside the top 10 at welterweight would be Keith Thurman because 
Before that, I, I would have liked him to fight Danny Garcia, but I think Danny has maybe a half notch in terms of power. I think if he catches Manny with what Keith did, I think he may get him out of there as well. So I think Keith is the only dude I would like to see him in against. Top 10 welterweight. What about you? Would you like to see it? I would love to see it. I mean, like I said, the fight was close um, from the beginning to me. And then you look at the the X factor of the fact that he's already been in with him. He would know the spec. So he would be, uh, be do better with his speed. He'd do better with the jesting. Uh, Manny Pacquiao has knocked him down the first time. Manny Pacquiao uh, knows what punch, you know, what to, what to hit him with. I think it'd be a more uh, uh, intriguing fight. It'd be it'd be round thirteen. Uh, I don't think it'd start over. Yeah, no, and as we know, many rematches don't reset. That that it's round thirteen or round, you know, I mean twenty twenty five. I mean they they don't they they don't play around in those rematches. I will say last point for me, and then we can move on. That commentating team was fucking terrible. That just reminded me talking about yeah, this yeah. fight. Because people legitimately thought Manny won like 10 rounds in that fight because of the commentating. I, yeah. I distinctly remember it was like round seven. And it, it was a round where Keith really, you know, turned the tides. He's hitting him with right hands over the top. He's hitting him with check left hooks. He has pull counters. And Manny lands a jab. And they're like, what a great jab by Manny. And let me just tell you, Manny's the Philippine center. I'm like, are you guys not watching this fight right now? Like, Keith, Keith has completely flipped this fight upside down. And they could care less what Keith is doing in that ring. That was that was the worst commentating I've ever seen, I think, in my life. Off the top of my head, I can't think of one. That was awful. And I had it was, I had it was a, one-sided. Super one-sided. And I had people who aren't that big into boxing. They called me and they were like, Man, like, what did you think? I thought Manny ran away with it. And I was like, bro, I don't know if you're ever gonna rewatch the fight, but if you do, you gotta watch it on mute or just don't pay it. I don't pay attention too much to the commentators in regards to my scoring. I hear them. But I know what I'm seeing, so it, it, I could care less what they're saying. And, um, you know, I had to explain to them that sometimes they, they get so enamored with a legend or they get so enamored with one fighter that they'll only talk about them, but you have to be able to pay attention to both sides. Um, you know, and that, that got very annoying. Uh, but moving on, a, a fight that happened not too long after that was Chris Ariola and uh, Adam Kwanaki. A, a very entertaining fight, a fight that I really don't feel the need to break down. It was Rock'em Sock'em Robots. They both threw like 1,200 punches and just beat the hell out of each other. Um, but it was clear that Kwanaki was a step ahead of Chris Ariola. He won, you know, the majority of the rounds in the fight, uh, retained his belt. Really, the only question I have from this fight for you, Dennis, do you see Kwanaki as a player at heavyweight? You know what? I, 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 usually I would have said no, I don't, but I think he's a test. I don't see, I don't think he's going to be a champion. I don't, I don't foresee him beating Wilder. I don't foresee him beating AJ, even though AJ had a loss to, um, to, to Andy Ruiz. I, I just, I don't, I, I, I see him as a test. He'll be a tough guy to come in there and get some good rounds in. He'll test you. He'll hit you a little bit. And then he'll be somebody that you'll have to become prepared for, or he can he can make it a long night. But I don't. Um, so I, I I like him to test some guys. Yeah. But I don't think he'll ever be a champion. That's just my opinion. I think it's it, it's one of those things where you know he he maybe fights Deontay Wilder or um, Anthony Joshua or Tyson Fury, like in between big fights. Right, he's right. one of those guys. I mean, he, he's a good fight. It's not to knock him, 
But, I mean, you he couldn't get Chris Ariola out of there. And that's no disrespect to Chris Ariola, but he's over the hill. You hit this dude with, like, 400 punches. <laughs> You're a heavyweight, man. Like, you, Tyson Fury knocked out... Uh, Schwartz, like, like when you're overmatched in the heavyweight division, you're supposed to get a knockout. Right. You know what I mean? Like when your levels above these guys, these dudes are 250, 260, you know, we'll say 230 plus. Like when you're hitting somebody with that many shots, man, I, that said, he's a good boxer. He reminds me a lot of, uh, of big baby Miller where it's like, they throw a lot of punches. They remind me more of a welterweight, a volume puncher, but they just don't have much power at heavyweight. And, for me, that's good enough to beat the C and B level guys. But when you step up against guys who don't need to throw that many punches, someone like Deontay Wilder who just needs that one shot to spark you out, those punches aren't going to mean anything because all you're doing is providing them with counter opportunities. You know what I mean? Like say what you will about Wilder, his form and thing and, and things and his technique aren't very good, but he knows how to time that right hand. He knows when to throw the right hand. He caught the best boxer in that division twice. You know what I mean? Like, he knows how to time people. So, uh, Konaki is entertaining. I, I look forward to his next fight. I'm going to keep up with him. I just don't ever see him really, really reaching that mountaintop. Uh, I I'm going to agree with you there. Um, so, to move on, another fight, uh, the, the most recent fight that just happened was um, Sergey Kovalev versus uh, Anthony Yardy. Uh, and a really entertaining fight, a fight that, you know, surprised some people. People thought Yardy was going to get um, beaten pretty badly, and he really held his own. He was punch for punch with Kovalev for most of the fight until he tired out. Um, it was pretty close on my card. I gave, I had to go back and rewatch because I, I couldn't watch the whole thing live, but I gave Yardy uh, three rounds, maybe four. I have to look at my, I, I have to look at my uh, scorecard before the stoppage, but a fight in which I thought it was a good showing for him. Um, I think he made some critical mistakes in, you know, in his training camp that, you know, you can touch on if you'd like, but what were your thoughts on that fight? Um, he was just not ready yet. That's simple. Yeah. It's, if you cut it out, this kid, he, he got talent. He yes. got some skills. He can be a champion eventually. Even Kovalev said that. Mm-hmm. He was just not ready yet. He wasn't. He wasn't. He wasn't prepared physically, and he and mentally he wasn't there yet because he made some mental errors by punching himself out. Like he didn't know how to pace himself mm -hmm. to have a good round, and then he had to take a few rounds off and he took a beating. He didn't like. See, he, 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 in his training, like like you said, we heard that he didn't. He didn't even spar for it. That's a huge mistake. He he just wasn't ready, and 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 I and I don't think the kid should be too hard on himself because he can take this and say this is a building block for him. He can say, yeah. okay, I fought arguably one of the best guys in my division. I, I, the eighth round, he had it to the point where he, he could have stopped him. He has something to build on. He know he can fight his butt off. He know he has skill, but he just did. He just was not prepared, and he can take this and build upon it in the next fight. He'll be prepared. The next time he steps up for a championship fight, he'll know what he needs to do because he can say, "I've been there before. I, I I know how to I know how to get myself over the hurdle, even though I didn't do it the first time." But for Kovalev, um, I really just want to see Kovalev versus Better B. I I, I think that fight is long overdue. I agree. Uh, two guys that can punch. Uh, two guys that can box a little bit. 
I mean, I know I jumped the gun, but that's, I mean, that, because that's the fight. I'm going to push him to happen. That's the yes. fight I want. I want to see that fight. For Yard, um, keep building, keep working, keep grinding. I think that he'll be there. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I think it's fair for you to jump the gun a little bit there. Better be a versus uh, Kovalev is a fight that you've been calling for for like three years now. You've been ready for yes. that fight for a little while. Um, but, you know, just like you said, there should be a building block for Yardy. That said, he's got, he, I think he has to make a change in the corner. And I, I'm usually not the one to just come out and say that. But I, I just I, I don't understand the logic in not sparring before the biggest fight of your life. Like, if I'm a basketball player, am I not going to shoot all summer? Am I just practicing my layups? Like, am I, am, or am I just running to, to get cardio? Like, uh, nothing prepare. If you're a jump shooter, nothing prepares you like shooting. You know what I mean? Like, you have to get your shots up. A in a sense, I get you want to preserve your fighter. You don't want him hurt before a fight, but. This is the fight game, baby. Like, things happen and try. If it happens, you can't prepare thinking the worst. You have to prepare like you know how to prepare and then go from there. Because if, if Yardy has more stamina, I mean, he's in that fight. He's in there late because Kovalev didn't exactly have the best stamina either. Right. And, and the, the, I was surprised you didn't say that here, but the, the most telling thing was you texted me after the fight and you said, if there's no way if I'm a fighter, you're beating me because of me. You got to beat me. You know what I mean? Like, you just have to be better than me. You're not going to, like, that was the one thing that, you know, Tim Bradley was touching on. But, and I feel like I use Tim Bradley a lot, like how Max Kellerman uses uh, Pernell Whitaker. Like, he always relates everything back to Sweet Pea. Yeah. But, like, Tim Bradley, say what you will, he was in top-notch shape. He always had stamina. That's what top-notch fighters need to do. Absolutely. You know what I mean? And, like, if you're not sparring, sparring before a fight, what do you think is going to happen against arguably the best fighter in your division? Or arguably the best fighter in that division in the last five years, not really counting Andre Ward since Andre was the, you know, that was the only fight he had. Well, he only had a couple fights there. You know, you put him number one. I'm not going to argue with you, but I mean, it, it's it's a little ridiculous to me. Um, but just like you said, I, I think he needs to build himself back up, get a few more fights. I think his next fight should be someone, you know, in, in the latter half of the top 20, just to kind of rebuild that confidence and then get right back in the top 10 and, and make your title, uh, get another title shot in the next year or two. Um, for Kovalev, you know, their names have been married here for the last few months. So, you know, I kind of have to ask the question, well, I'm going to ask you two questions. One, do you want to see Canelo Alvarez move up to 175 or maybe even a catch weight of 173 or however they do it and fight Sergey Kovalev? But then number two, this version of Kovalev we know is a little bit past it. He doesn't look the exact same, but he's still an elite fighter. Can Canelo beat this version of Sergey Kovalev? Well, one, I don't think he... I, 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 I don't think he needs to because I said I said it before, I said it again. He still has unfinished business at 160. There's yep. still guys down there um, that he can fight. It's still, you know, um, it's even guys at 168 if he's feeling a little squirrely. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, I, I, don't yeah. think, I don't think he needs that fight at 175. I mean, like I said, people say it's a legacy fight, right? But there'll be time for that. There'll be time to climb up to 175. If, it, if his heart is so content on doing it, there'll be time to do that after he's uh, handled his business at 160. 
fight maybe Colin Smith at 168, and there'll be and if if, if Kovalov is um, if he stands the test of time, he'll still be there. If not, there'll be somebody else. And then it'll be even greater because it looked like you built your way to working through the division instead of jumping back and forth through it. Um, that's not good for him, by the way. I agree. We've seen that with with the great uh, Roy Jones Jr. Mm -hmm. jumping up and down the weights. So that's why I'm 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 opposed to it because I don't want to see him fluctuate. He's one minute he's dead and he got to lose weight here. And then he he comes down, he's he's drained and he takes a bad fight and he loses because of that. No, I don't want to see that. So that's why I I, I don't necessarily want to see that fight for him. Um, If he did take the fight, could he win? Yes, he could win. He could win. And and this is the new Canelo with his defense. Mm-hmm. His defense has gotten better to where I think he can avoid getting hit with so many of Sojay Kovalev's jabs that he throw, those nice jabs that he throw. I think he could avoid getting hit with some of those. And he's not he's not going to knock Kovalev out. Uh, I don't even know if he'll hurt Kovalev. But I think he could outbox him, outpoint him. And we know... The judges love Canelo. He could, he could. I'm telling you, he can get a close split decision W if he came there with the right game plan. Yeah, think? I think. Um, I agree with you on the first point. I just don't like the fight for two reasons. One, you know, him jumping up and down weight classes is eventually going to catch up to him. You know what I mean? Like if he plans on fighting for four, five, six more years, it's just going to be. It adds so much more wear and tear on your body. Um, number two, I just think Sergey Kovalev is too big, which leads to my, you know, to the second half of everything. Can Canelo win the fight? Yeah, he's super talented. He, uh, you know, talent-wise, he's probably a top five fighter in the world in any weight class. Just looking at talent, but it comes a time where weight catches up to you, like. He looked small against Rocky Fielding. Granted, Rocky Fielding is a C-level guy, so like he can move up there and do that. But Sergey Kovalev is bigger than that. He's a big dude at 175. He comes in on the night of the fights weighing 185, 190. Canelo has come in from his middleweight fights weighing like 172 to 175. So unless there's a rehydration clause, which I'm completely against, but if there, is, you know, if there isn't one. He's going he's gonna to be outweighed by like 15 pounds. And, and then you look, obviously Canelo has the speed factor. He's going to be the faster fighter in there. But Sergey's going to be the longer guy. He's a guy that likes to fight at distance. I don't know if Canelo can close that distance. I, I think, to your point, if, if Sergey is super offensive, Canelo can outbox him. But if, if Sergey fights him like he fought um, a later Alvarez the second time, I think Kovalev has the ability to, to actually outbox him. And then I think if Canelo comes forward a little bit too much, you know, Sergey still has NyQuil in that right hand. Like, this dude can crack. He's a big dude. I just, I, I don't like the combination. Is it a legacy fight? Sure. He can go up there. If he gets the win, it's going to look great on his resume. I just think it's a dangerous fight, especially when I th- think about what you just said. He has people to fight at 160. People that I favor Canelo Alvarez against. I think he would beat Bubo Andrade. I think he would beat Jamal Charlo. He already beat the third best middleweight, Danny Jacobs. He already beat Gennady Golovkin once. Like, he's beating these dudes. Like, And there's other guys there that he can continue to, to just kind of stack bodies. You know what I mean? Like, that, that I think, 
if he were to fight those guys and beat those guys, that does just as much for his legacy as it does by going up and beating um, Sergey Kovalev. So it's just such a dangerous fight, and I don't understand what they see in Sergey Kovalev. I look at it like this, and I'll throw it back to you. When me and you were, you know, when Mikey was like, I see something in Spence, and me and you were like, what the fuck does he see? Because we, we don't see it. Like, right. you're just too small, man. Like, if you were the same size, yeah, I, I, would, I think it would be a 50-50 fight, but it's like size matters when, when you're talking at the elite level, and I, I just don't like the fight at all. Do you have any more thoughts on that? Uh, no, I think that pretty much sums it up. Cool. So last thing we'll do before we get out of here, um, the fight that's coming up um, this Saturday, a couple of fights actually, um, you know, Arislandi Lara versus Canelo's brother. I, I don't have too much to say with that. I, this is this is a tune-up fight for Arislandi before he gets back in uh, with the big dogs at 154. I didn't even know Canelo's brother still fights. I, yeah, I, I didn't either until they made the fight. Um, but yeah, so th- that should be a relatively easy fight. Do you have anything to say about it? I, I don't have much about that one. Yeah, if Canelo brother gets stopped by Laura, he needs to retire. I agree. I definitely agree. Um, I mean, so really moving on from that, the the, the biggest fight this weekend is um, Vasily Lomachenko versus Luke Campbell. Uh, a fight that's it's going to be another solid name for Lomachenko's record he you know Luke Campbell isn't a world beater he has a solid following um in the UK and I think it's going to be an entertaining fight I don't think Campbell will win any rounds um but I do think he'll get stopped late or it'll be a wide decision uh I do do you have any differing thoughts on that uh no I mean I've seen when Luke step up the competition with on uh, with Linares, he he had a great fight but he, he just got outdone, out edge. I think unless Lomachenko's shoulder doesn't work anymore from that surgery, he's going to get out edge. The Matrix is going to come in, and he's going to do what he does. He's going to be slick, tricky, hard to hit, and he's going to land some good shots on Campbell. Uh, like, and, and, and he's going to go in there, he's going to outbox him. I agree. I agree. Um, Luke Campbell is one of those guys who... The same way that Floyd Mayweather described Gennady Golovkin, kind of straight up and down, no special effects. And when you're going up against a guy like like Lomachenko, you need to have some wrinkles to your game. You know what I mean? Just plain and simple. You can't go in there straight straight ahead and expect to to win, you know, rounds, let alone to fight against them. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's uh, that's everything for me. It felt good to be back, Dennis. I can't lie to you. I, I I've missed talking boxing, and just like you said. Guys, to be real with you, I speak for me, but I also think I speak for both of us. Not much has, not much happens in the summertime for boxing. So not only have our schedules not exactly matched up, but we didn't exactly have the drive to be like, okay, let's let let's get to it. Let's. It's just like ah, uh, it's August. Nothing's nothing much is really happening. Like September now. Now we're talking about the big dogs are getting back in. Errol yeah. Spence is back in. Um, there's another bigger fight in September that I'm just blanking on. I just looked at the schedule, but you know we're starting to get it back in the the winter, the fall winter time is when things really start to happen. I'm excited, Dennis. I know you were excited to be back, guys. This was episode ten uh, of Outside the Squared Circle. You know, find us on YouTube, subscribe there. We're also on SoundCloud. We are on Spotify. We're on Apple Podcasts. Subscribe to wherever you listen to podcasts. Those are the main. Um, you know, broadcasting places for podcasts. So just remember to like, subscribe, like us on Facebook. Um, Dennis, any last words before we get out of here? Uh, 
guys, um, I, I can't, I just want to say, guys, to anybody that watches this video, I want to say thank you um, for your contribution. Thank you for watching us. We're going to continue to give you good content. And uh, stay with us, baby, outside the square circle. For sure. Later.